you know, education is power, knowing your body. I don't think enough women really understand their cycles and what hormones do. It's not just about getting older. It's, you know, thinking about who am I when I'm 20, 30, 40, 50, who am I going to be? How am I going to feel, you know, imbalances that are ruling your life? You can, you can change that, turn it around. Hey everyone, Emily Abadi here. You are listening to another installment of Hurdle Moment on Hurdle, a wellness-focused podcast where I connect with everyone from your favorite athletes to top experts and industry CEOs about their highest highs, toughest moments, and everything in between. We all go through hurdles in life, and my goal through these discussions is to empower you to better navigate yours and move with intention so that you can stride toward your own big potential. And of course, have some fun along the way. Today, I am excited to bring you my convo with Candice Birch. She is the founder of a company called Your Hormone Balance, which essentially helps women understand and advocate for their own hormonal health. We are chatting all about the top hormone imbalances that we see in women of all ages and how those can manifest symptoms in everything from weight loss resistance to low libido, acne, mood swings, painful periods, bad PMS, so much more. We also talk about PCOS as well as how stress can have a major impact on our hormones and how we feel in our bodies. There is so much interesting information in this episode. And if you like what we are talking about today, I also mentioned this in the conversation. You should definitely check out the other chat that I had with Dr. Stacy Sims on our cycles, our bodies, and how to train using your cycle as an advantage. Having such a blast out here in Eugene, Oregon this week at the World Athletic Championships. It has been a blast watching so many of these stellar athletes go after their own big potential. And I'm going to be bringing you my conversation with the lovely Emma Bates on Monday of next week, one of the women on the Team USA Marathon squad who did absolutely phenomenal on Monday morning. So stay tuned for that. Make sure you're following along with Hurdle over at Hurdle Podcast. I am over at Emily Abadi. And with that, let's get to hurdling. Today, I am sitting down with Candace Birch. She is the founder of Your Hormone Balance, which is a business that advocates for, let's say, women to get to the root of hidden imbalances behind their symptoms in hormone health. How are you doing today? I'm fine. I was just saying I'm, I'm, I'm in the UK and it's uncommonly hot here. So just trying to, you know, come to grips with hot, humid, but first world problems. <laughs> I know. It blows my mind that air conditioning is just not a thing there. No, and I'm in a house that was built in 1886. At the, in fact, I'm at the very top of the house right now, but we have this big window, and so it's swooping air up. But these houses are, you know, who knew about air conditioning in those days? 
in those days. Well, I'm really excited for what we're going to get into today. I mentioned the words hormone imbalances before. I have done a couple of episodes touching on hormones and the female cycle and everything on the show before and got a lot of interest. So I'm amped Mm -hmm. to have you here, especially Mm -hmm. as an educator that has over 30 years of experience in the field. So why don't you talk to me a little bit about your own struggle? Because I know that is what ignited your passion to really dive headfirst into this work. Yeah, well, it was the ignition was the hot flashes and the mood swings coming like hot flashes every 20 minutes, mood swings in between. And I was in my 40s, which is, you know, perimenopause time, the transition but I was a late to uh, pregnancy mom. So I had a three-year-old and a six-year-old. And I've told this story many times, but I was scaring them. You know, I was going into, I I wasn't, I was a health educator pulling off a lot. And I was a journalist in England in those days. We had just moved back to the States. I would pull all-nighters to meet my deadlines, drink too much coffee, and didn't even realize really that I was segueing into, you know, those eight to 10 years that we call peri nearing menopause until I started getting these horrible mood swings. And I just looked at Ryan one day, my little one, and she was looking at me with tears welling in her eyes. And, you know, it was sort of like, who are you mean mommy? I don't recognize you. <laughs> so I, I realized, okay, got to get a handle on this. Got to, I'm obviously moving into hormonal changes. And that's when I got really interested. And I started reading. First book I read was What Your Doctor May Not Tell You About Premenopause by Dr. John Lee, who was one of the gurus in the movement towards natural approaches to balancing hormones. In fact, he sort of put the, he defined the idea that there can be hormonal imbalance, you know, that there's such a thing and that you can have symptoms. And yet a lot of women still don't know what those symptoms are. They still normalize them and incorporate them into their sense of who they are. You know, oh, I'm always tired. or I've always had horrible, painful periods. My mother did too, or I don't sleep well, or I'm a bitch on wheels before my period, you know, like this is the normal thing. And I just realized I don't think it is normal. It shouldn't be. And I started learning from the experts in the field at the time. And this was just around the time of, um, you know, functional medicine was starting to happen. Studies were being done that showed hormone replacement therapy was dangerous for women, the synthetic type. And, you know, the synthetic progestions and estrogens that are not really anything like our own natural hormones. And I just started making big changes and went to one of the gurus in the hormone testing field. Dr. John Lee told me to call him up, Dr. David Zaba. He owns ZRT Labs, which is one of the biggest hormone testing labs in the country. And I, I just called him up and said, hey, I'm a health educator and I'm, I'm you know, having horrible perimenopause. I want to learn from you. What can I do? And he said, come in. I need, a, I need an educator. I need somebody to write communications and help me review test results. And so that the rest was history. I just, uh, you know, moved, it was all knowledge is power. So (laughs) knowledge is power. Wow. And good on you for like really pursuing and, and reaching out to someone that you were so intrigued by the work that they were doing. I think that oftentimes we 
can be hesitant on that. So good on you for going for that. And then also, I, my goodness, so many people I know when you were saying that we just normalize discomfort as if it is something that we should just deal with without getting to the root cause of that discomfort and why it's occurring, which is an easy segue to get into us talking about the hormone imbalances that we see in women of all ages, because those hormone hormone imbalances then in turn can manifest in a lot of gnarly ways. So why don't you start us off for that conversation by giving us a little bit of context as to the fact that these imbalances aren't just happening per your story, perimenopause, right? They can happen at any time. Yeah. At all ages and all stages. And I think um, when people were first cottoning on to the definite, you know, the idea of hormone imbalance, people would immediately think menopause. Oh, this is something that women, older women deal with. And, you know, that's, that's nothing that I have to concern myself with, but I mean, really hormones, just to define a hormone, it's a, it's really a, it's a chemical messenger that's released from the pituitary triggered by the pituitary in the brain, overseen by the hypothalamus, but it's a chemical messenger that actually reaches target tissues and says, hey, let's make some, some estrogen, let's make some progesterone, testosterone as needed by the body. And these chemical messengers go to a, uh, what we call a receptor site. So if you think of the hormone as the chemical, the force, that was kind of the Greek meaning of force uh, in movement. So we've got this messenger that hits a receptor site in a target tissue of the body, sends a signal to the brain to, to make, you know, to flip on these master switches and hormones actually, they rule. I mean, they rule our, and they govern and regulate our mental, emotional, physical state to a great degree. I mean, if they're out of balance or, or, you know, not working in synchronicity in syn synchrony with each other all these hormones are like the synchronized swimmers you're probably not old enough to remember esther williams <laughs> she was a famous 40s actress uh actually she was an olympic swimmer who was she won the olympics and she was so famous that she became a movie star and she made all these black and white movies of women in, you know, tulip formation in the, in the pool, swimming, making these gorgeous shapes and kaleidoscopic perfect patterns. And, you know, I always think of hormones as the synchronized swimmers. If one swims to the other end of the pool or dives down to the bottom or starts splashing around and dominating the whole scene, what happens to that synchrony? And that's sort of what hormones are like. And certainly hormones have, we have cycles. And so we have highs and we have lows of these hormones at various points in our cycle. So it's not weird to have, you know, ups and downs and to have certain symptoms. Yeah. Right before your period, your estrogen and progesterone are pretty low. So you're going to kind of feel, you're going to feel low. You're going to be moody. There are going to be, you know, there's PMS like crazy, but if PMS is crazy and not and not reasonable, you know, we can expect some symptoms, but it's what becomes extreme or chronic symptoms that, that are persistent, that don't go away, that are troublesome, that then become disorders that can become disease down the road. Mm. So the, the key is to get on to understanding what are the symptoms of hormone imbalance? I mean, is it normal? I was just talking to a woman the other day, um, 
because I do, you know, I do consults on the phone reviewing people's test results. And she was saying to me, until I heard you on, she heard me on some podcast that she said, I thought that my my heavy, horrible periods that I've had all my life were, were normal. She said, she, you know, the way she put it was, I didn't realize they weren't normal. And, you know, I had made the statement that a painful period where you have cramps and bloating and you're curled up on your bed and you're down for the count is not normal in any way, shape or form. Mm. So, so that's, you know, just one little, so heavy, painful periods, cramping, horrible mood swings, the kind of PMS I always refer to as pass me the shotgun <laughs> variety, you know, that sort of thing where you're just bouncing off the walls and you can't function. And some women really get into Jekyll and Hyde kinds of symptoms. We're talking about not only bloating, but weight gain that steadily increases, especially in the hips, thighs, bottom. We're talking about belly fat. We're talking about fatigue, inability to sleep. There are so many symptoms that if they're, if they're persistent and um, we can't, and, and no matter what we do, they come back and they're chronic, then we know we've, we've got an issue. And there are right. different types of imbalances that go with these, uh, with these symptoms, but it's kind of nice to know that there's a reason, you know, when people test and they can see that, oh my God, my estrogen levels are really high or they're really low, or my progesterone is, is tanking or my testosterone's too high. And I have these symptoms related to that. And we can talk about each of those. Then it's sort of like, thank God there's something, you, you know, it's almost like people are saying, thank God there's something wrong that with my hormones. So I know that there's a reason behind why I'm feeling this way. Right, right. So let's dive into some of the symptoms of hormone imbalance. Let's start there. Okay. So I think the main symptoms to be aware of are heavy, painful periods. Um, you know, women describe, we know what those are, but it can also be you're at work and you, you've just, you, you know, you've just had a breakthrough bleeding and you have to go into a meeting and, or, you know, you're so, you have such terrible cramps, you just can't function during that time. That's number one, bloating, weight gain, terrible PMS where, you know, your moods are out of control, which a lot of women describe to me as, you know, the people I love most in all the world have to clear out because I am just, un I, they can't live with me. Um, and, and feeling really bad about it, you know, having to apologize to everyone that you love most in all the world because you can't control your moods. And we're talking about anything from depression and crying at commercials to um, rage, you know, just outright rage and, and everything in between. And then, um, and that, th that's, um, those kind of symptoms that I'm talking about really are linked with uh, what we call estrogen dominance, where estrogen is too high relative to progesterone, which is too low, because these two hormones work together to balance each other. And they're like a seesaw. If one is, especially progesterone, if, it, if we don't make progesterone upon ovulation, then estrogen tends to continue to rise. And estrogen is that very potent angel of life hormone that made us female. You know, it grew our, it's a growth hormone. So it's a very active growth hormone. It grew our breasts, our ovaries, our all of our female reproductive organs, our curves. It's all estrogen. But estrogen, because it's a growth hormone, has to be kept in check, right? It has to be, we don't want anything growing tissue 
and just growing and growing and growing. It's also the hormone that is growing the egg and the ovary. And estrogen is thickening the lining, the uterine lining, the endometrium that we shed as a period if we don't become pregnant. So if we have too much estrogen, we're going to have heavy periods because that lining keeps thickening. It doesn't have the balancing counteractive power of, of progesterone. And that gets into a larger conversation about why does that happen? Well, often it happens when women don't ovulate. So we're supposed to ovulate every cycle, right? Somewhere in there, if we take an average 28-day cycle, we're meant to be ovulating around day 14, day 14, 15. And what happens when we ovulate is that, you know, the egg is released, it goes down the fallopian tube into the friendly, looking for the friendly sperm. And we've got this ruptured follicle that the egg popped out of. And that ruptured follicle very magically, every cycle transforms itself into what we call the corpus luteum. Hence, the second half of the cycle is called the luteal phase. And that corpus luteum has, so it's transformed from this empty follicle into a whole new organ that starts making progesterone. The whole second half of the cycle, it's making progesterone. Why is it doing that? Because it's preparing for a possible fertilized egg and an implantation of that fertilized egg in support of the pregnancy. Progesterone is often called the, you know, the pregnancy hormone because we can't really get through a healthy pregnancy without enough progesterone, especially in the first 12 weeks. That first trimester is crucial. Progesterone is that hormone that kicks in after ovulation and starts rising to dramatic levels to get the womb ready for a possible pregnancy. It's kind of feathering the nest, so to speak, and in increasing um, all the secretions and all that good, all that good juice that will keep that, that fertilized egg happily implanted in the womb. If there isn't a, pre a fertilized egg, then it's also progesterone that gives the signal to shed the lining, the uterine lining. Um, so it has a major role to play in conception, in carrying a pregnancy to term, in balancing the growth activity of, of estrogen. Progesterone is also a natural diuretic. So right before ovulation, when progesterone is low and estrogen is high, we can feel bloated and, and moody, et cetera. So that's one of the imbalances that's really people, younger people who are needing to know, are their, are their bodies ready for conception? Am I you know, am I able to carry a pregnancy to term? Where are my hormones? They might want to test those estrogen progesterone levels in, in concert with um, testosterone and stress hormone levels as well. But to go back just for a minute, the major imbalance that is associated with estrogen and progesterone being out of whack is is estrogen dominance, low progesterone. And mm. we can see the ratio between those when we test. We can see those levels and the ratio, you know, is are, how, to what extent are they out of proportion? And, you know, the other thing that goes with that is bad PMS or, you know, extreme PMS and, um, uh, and inability to sleep soundly because progesterone has natural calming properties and sleep promoting properties. So there's a whole well there's a whole welter of unwanted symptoms that women can experience just because those two master female hormones are out of whack and that can be extremely common 
in younger women who are not ovulating for whatever reason, because I'm not sure I mentioned it, but progesterone is only made upon ovulation. So mm -hmm. to get that balancing effect, you got to ovulate. Now, who isn't ovulating? Women that are under too much stress, that are overtraining, that are under eating, that are not getting enough fat and good proteins in their diet, um, that are exposed to chemicals in the environment. There are lots of reasons. And that's where it's important for people to take stock and say, you know, hey, what, what is my lifestyle like? What's my diet like? Am I trying to stick to 1,200 calories so I can lose weight? And yet my belly is still preceding me. Taking a break from today's episode to talk to you about my friends at Inside Tracker. Now, when you do what you love, like running and racing, enjoying the great outdoors, hiking, you want to do it for life. And Inside Tracker can help. Inside Tracker was founded in 2009 by leading scientists in aging, genetics, and biometrics. Using their patented algorithm, Inside Tracker analyzes your body's data to provide you with a clear picture of what is going on inside of you and offer science backed recommendations for positive diet and lifestyle changes. It's been so helpful for me. I have my next blood draw scheduled for the Tuesday after I get back home from Oregon. I know that having this next level understanding of what is going on inside of my body is exactly how I can fine tune and dial in, turn up the volume on all of the hard work that I am putting into my training right now for the London Marathon. Inside Tracker helps me to adjust my diet and training to go after my health and wellness goals, and they can do the exact same for you. For a limited time, you can get 20% off the entire Inside Tracker store by heading on over to insidetracker.com slash hurdle. Again, that is insidetracker.com slash hurdle to get 20% off the entire Inside Tracker store today. I actually really love it if we could also talk a little bit about PCOS, because I know that some women listening to this may be navigating that as a result of a hormone imbalance. Oh, absolutely. You know, what I'm talking about right now, when estrogen and progesterone are not, are not in balance and are out of whack, testosterone hormones can sort of dominate because all of these hormones balance each other. They interact and work together to create synchrony, as I was describing, the synchronized swimmers. So if if estrogen and progesterone are out of balance, we, uh, we might see testosterone um, being high. Now, I should go back a bit. Women that are on birth control who are not ovulating are going to be low in estrogen, progesterone, and testosterone. But women who are eating a lot of carbs... Um, sometimes that's the case with overtraining because there's a lot of carb eating that goes on before, um, before a big event. Um, but it has to be balanced with proteins, et cetera, because people who have too much, you know, too much carb, too much sweet, too many sweets in their diet, all of that tend to have a higher testosterone level, um, because, um, you know, too much carbs that break down into simple sugars, Turn, turn on the insulin response. Insulin actually causes the ovaries to churn out excess androgens, testosterone and DHEA. So 
part of the problem can be a history of junk food diet diets or too many carbs. And part of it can be overtraining to the point where we're building so much, you know, testosterone is great for building lean muscle. It's anabolic, obviously. It's important for um, lean muscle development, for structure, for strength, for stamina, for all those things women need to be women athletes need and women in general for our drive, competitive drive, sex drive, even our cognition, our mental health, our, our sharpness, our ability to process information and concentrate and focus. And then of course, you know, our, our libido, all of these things are hinge on testosterone being at a healthy level, bone and bone and muscle strength. But if testosterone gets too high, because as I said, we're maybe overdoing it with strength training and not ovulating. And, and as it happens, a lot of women who are you know, who are athletes. In fact, I was talking to Gabby Reese on her podcast and she was saying when she was in the thick of training and, and being a professional athlete, at least 50% of the women she, she, of her colleagues or her fellow competitors were not getting their periods. And mm -hmm. we can assume, you know, that's a, that's a common issue. Um, when, you know, when we have those extremes. So what happens is you're not getting, the ovulation, the regular cycles, the nice balance of estrogen and progesterone, you're getting too much testosterone and that is fueling the growth of polycystic ovaries. So instead of estrogen and progesterone creating a nice little one egg in that ovary and that follicle, we've got testosterone creating lots of, lots of cysts in the follicles instead of one egg. And all of those cysts are putting out more testosterone. So we're getting into a situation where, where testosterone is dominating, we're not ovulating properly, we're creating an excess of testosterone so that we are now becoming edgy, irritable. Um, you know, this is where we see acne and skin breakouts. We may see that kind of PMS that is, you know, includes rage. Um, and also aggressive, you know, just feeling aggressive. And, and there's, um, I'm not saying these in order, but test high testosterone is also very much linked with infertility because of the reasons I'm describing, you know, the, the, the lows in estrogen and progesterone and the inability to create a healthy egg and, and healthy ovulation. When someone's struggling with PCOS, what options do they have? Well, I think for anyone that has PCOS, excess facial hair and, and body hair, I forgot to mention that, oily skin, acne, et cetera, you know, you know those symptoms. If, if you have those symptoms and you also feel just maybe you're oversexed or you're over, you're over anxious or you're over aggressive or any of those things that you're not feeling comfortable in any way with yourself, it, it's a good idea to test so that you can find out how you know, what is, to what extent are your testosterone levels too high and are your estrogen and progesterone levels too low? And then you can take steps to, to create a healthier, a healthier scenario for ovulation, um, change your diet, um, get your estrogen and progesterone levels balanced. And sometimes in younger women, that can mean using an herb called Vitex, a chase berry, which helps the ovaries produce more progesterone. Sometimes that will require, um, you know, even replenishing with a bit of progesterone cream, a natural progesterone. I'm talking about replenishment, but they're also, um, 
you know, lifestyle changes that have to be made where we might have to dial back on over-exercising, switch the diet into more healthy carbs, multi-grain carbs, nutrients that are nutrient-dense proteins and good fats. A lot of women aren't eating enough. You know, that can be a real problem too. So that the building blocks of hormones and ovulation are are not getting the nutrient, you know, those nutrients aren't getting into the body. Um, I, I've been, there's, there's a great, I don't I, she's somebody you should interview, Alyssa Vitti. She's a brilliant woman who um, had horrible PCOS. So for anyone who listening who has PCOS, suspects they have it and may have some of the health behaviors that I'm talking about where the diet has been really carby and low in protein and good fats and maybe too much exercise, overtraining, et cetera, um, go to Alyssa Vitti's website because she had horrible PCOS, was told by every doctor she saw that there was no cure. Usually women are put on metformin because PCOS is related to insulin resistance having to do with that carby diet that I'm talking about over years and, and a, a situation where insulin starts to become high and stays high. So those androgens keep getting churning, churned out and we get the belly fat and the weight gain around the waist and, you know, all of those issues associated with insulin resistance, which is really pre-diabetic. So a lot of PCOS sufferers are put on diabetic medicines um, when, you know, or, or they're put on spironolactone to control acne or whatever the symptoms are, but that's not the cure. The cure is rebalancing the hormones. And, and that means, you know, holistically looking at this whole picture that I'm doing my best to describe here. Let's talk about one other thing that can play a part in this, and that is birth control. You know, I had to think long and hard about this when I make statements that can be influencing people. I was one of the first in line back in the 60s, and that tells you how old I am, but I well, I already told you how old I am, but I, you know, I was first in line to get the birth control pill and wanted to live with my boyfriend, didn't want to get pregnant. All those things that liberated us um, in the 60s, it was a wonderful thing. But I remember the the pill was really strong back then and I got horrible acne. I still have the scars from that. Um, and I remember just crying all the time. <laughs> I couldn't stop crying. Everything made me cry. It was hilarious. I'm not the type of person to cry. So now, so now we have, we have a pill that is not as potent as, although some are, some women are still on really high potency pills, but the point is they are made of synthetic hormones, which shut down ovulation. So if we go back to what I've just been saying about the importance of ovulation, where, you know, these normal hormones are produced and we're shutting down a woman's normal cycle, suppressing it. And some women I talk to have been on birth control and it's more than just some women. I'd say a majority of younger women I've talked to have been on birth control for, for five to 15 years. I've even talked to women in their forties and late 40s who are still on birth control because they're afraid they're going to get acne if they go off or they're afraid that some of their symptoms are going to come back. But all that birth control is really doing is putting a boatload of synthetic hormones, which the body does not recognize. Um, you know, it just it just sort of shuts down normal ovulation and it can take a long time for ovulation to come back. And that's a real 
you know, that's an issue for women in their 30s who are now thinking about getting pregnant or having a family. It can be, and a lot of women get off the pill and they decide that they're going to get pregnant and then they find they can't get their period back. It takes, it can take a long time. Some women are fine, but other women can't get their period back for months, six months or so, can't have a trouble getting getting pregnant after many, many years on the pill. And most women I talk to say they don't feel right being on the pill this long, but that's kind of the default. Um, whenever they talk to a, you know an old school doctor who and they say, well, I've got mood swings and I've got belly fat and I can't sleep and my periods are irregular and they're heavy and you know, then it's always, well, let's just go back on the pill or let's keep you on the pill. And, and actually it's just adding to, you know, overall hormonal imbalance, but we can wake up our home. We can wake up our ovaries and give them tender, loving care. Once we get off the pill and start to practice hormone balancing so that real hormone balance means that you're not going to have, that's the best way to handle those symptoms. Another great, I, again, I would say read Alyssa Vitti's book, People, Woman Code. And another great one is Beyond the Pill by Dr. Jolene Brighton, who talks to, who tells women throughout the book how to get off the pill healthily, happily, and how to reconfigure your hormone levels and rebalance. Mm -hmm. so I'm and, not, and I just started saying I didn't want to. I didn't want to put down the pill because I understand how important it is to have family planning and to be able to have that control. But, um, and I certainly was one of the early users, but now we have great trackers. We have fertility trackers and we can, you know, if you're technologically adept, you can use those to 97, 98% accuracy. So that's a way better choice than messing with your hormones internally for years and years and years. For years and years and years. And then the last thing that I want to talk about with you today is really the challenges that come hand in hand with our everyday world. I mean, we are without a doubt more stressed, more anxious than ever. And as we know, these feelings can really impact our hormones and our bodies and our gut. I mean, the list goes on. So anything that we should keep in mind when it comes to our hormones and our regular levels of stress? Well, I think, you know, there's, we have also, when we test in saliva, we test not only estrogen, progesterone, testosterone, DHEA, the precursor of testosterone, but also cortisol, the stress hormone. And we test that four times over the course of one day. Cortisol is made by the adrenals. So, you know, the adrenals would make adrenaline if you're running from a forest fire, but they make cortisol on a 24-7 basis. And it's cortisol that powers us through our day. It's cortisol that puts out the burst of energy that you need when you're working out. It's cortisol that fights, um, you know, provides our immune response, um, protects our immune reserves, regulates our sleep-wake cycle, and very importantly, regulates our blood sugar and insulin balance. So the adrenals, they can get really taxed if we, in our stressful, crazy, busy lives, aren't taking heed of the fact that they need extra tender, loving care because they're these tiny little glands that sit on top of the kidneys and they regulate all of these important jobs that I'm just talking about. So if we burn the candle at both ends, 
if we, you know, if we, if we don't get enough sleep, if we're on our computer late at night, which disrupts melatonin production and jacks up cortisol, if we exercise late at night, if we're not getting enough of the good nutrients, and if we're kind of hoarding stress, you know, not learning to take it in stride, but rather allowing it to take center stage in our lives, uh, there are there is that attitude where you know I'll sleep when I die. I'm busy now, so I'm just going to keep being busy. And and I remember before COVID, people would describe themselves as being crazy busy. I don't find that that's not an admirable place to be. And what happens with the adrenals, especially if you're a, an athletic person, you know you 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 start to burn through the adrenals, and they start to become fatigued and underperforming. And that's when you find that you're exhausted after a workout that you're not sleeping well, that you're not, you know, you're not performing the way you want to mentally, physically, or emotionally. So I think, you know, stress comes in many, stress is really, it's good stress also. Stress can be babies, having, getting married, <laughs> traveling internationally, um, you know, good stress, bad stress, it doesn't matter. The internal external stimuli upon the adrenals and upon the body are the same. We just have to take care to, you know, to keep that in balance. And, you know, like certain parts of the cycle in your follicular phase, you want to do high intensity. In your ovulatory phase, you want to do high intensity in cardio. But in the luteal phase, and in the menstrual phase, you want to dial back and do, you know, have the evening stroll or the yoga and the, 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 the exercises that release tension from the body. So it, you know, it's getting, it's learning that balance, how to balance the, the, the way we eat, the way we sleep, the way we exercise. And I think doing that in sync with our cycles has become a really important conversation, cycle syncing, you know, what to eat, when to exercise. And that's where I'd say, again, women should look into that through um, the Alyssa Vitti book, In the Flow. Or We even, at Your Home and Balance, my daughter Jess is kind of our cycle syncing expert. So if any of your listeners want to test their hormones, and by the way, we want to give you a $50, $50 I was going to say 50 pounds because I'm in the UK, a $50 <laughs> uh, discount on the testing, which is a good incentive. And then they can actually... Uh, review test results either with me or with Jess, and she can talk cycle syncing much better than I can. You know, she's more of an expert on it, but it's really crucial. Making hormones a, a family business. Yep. <laughs> Absolutely. We love, it. we love it. And I also talk on the show with Dr. Stacey Sims about cycle syncing. So if anybody wants to know more about that, as well as a lot of the goodness that Candace has talked about in today's episode, I will make sure to throw all of these links in the show notes. Candace, this was so helpful. So many good takeaways here. How do the hurdlers keep up with you? How do they follow along with you? Give us the details. Well, we're at yourhormonebalance.com. We have a really active Instagram account. My daughters are posting on it every single day and it's kind of fun. We're trying to make it fun. So there's tons of information there. Um, and so that's at your hormone balance. And yeah, just all that information is there online. To, to uh, we think we have a, we have a newsletter too that you can sign up for. So there's a ton of information. I think people are grateful for it because, you know, education is power. Knowing your body, I don't think enough women really understand their cycles and what hormones do. It's not just about getting older. It's you know thinking about who am I when I'm 20, 30, 40, 50. Who am I going to be? How am I going to feel? 
And how do I want to age gracefully and well and have the power and the stamina to live the life I want to live? We can do this. We can feel so much better than, you know, I think people forget how much better they could feel or how much better they used to feel. So it, you know, don't, don't allow yourself to be mired in, you know, imbalances that are ruling your life. You can, you can change that, turn it around. You can change that and turn it around. I am over at Emily Abadi and at Hurdle Podcast. Another hurdle conquered. Catch you guys next time.